0: Blog Talk Radio. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. This is Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O. How is everyone doing this morning? Um, I'm calling you from Holistic Veterinary Care and Acupuncture Center here in Prescott Valley, Arizona. Um, This morning, we have a very, very, well, actually two very, very special guests. (laughs) One of them is um, my friend and client, uh, uh, Barbara Dumont, and her, um, what is it, the incredible Mr. Sparky. Um, And we have a long, wonderful story to tell about both of them. So if you'd like to join us today in our conversation, ask questions of any of us that are involved today, we're going to be talking about intervertebral disc disease. So um, some people know it as blowing your back. Some people know it as, um, I don't know, um, what what do we call it in the dog world there, Barbara? Um, Basically blowing their back, blowing a disc, um, having them be acutely down. Um, yeah down in the back end right so um, I'd like to um, invite all of our listeners to give us a call ask us some questions because some people um, don't know that this happens or we don't know the breeze of dogs that it's most likely to happen in and some people go out and uh, adopt these guys or they uh, and just don't know what they're getting into so it's, it's really important that we all listen today and ask any questions that might come to mind. You can do that by calling 347-215-6138 or you can email your questions to listeners at sylviaglobal.com or you can post any comments in the comment section in the podcast or on Sylvia Global's Facebook page. So once again, give us a call on... Um, Three four seven two one five six one three eight. Thank you very much, and Barbara, thank you very much for being with us this morning. It's going to be fun. Thank you for having Sparky and I on. He's right beside me in his crate. <laughs> now, Barbara and I and Sparky met years ago um, when Sparky was having some back problems. And um, Barbara, why don't you go ahead and tell our listening audience? about that, what you saw, what Sparky was telling you, those types of things, and then we'll go into a little bit of the medicine about interval t um disc disease, and then we'll just take off. All right. Well, Sparky's a, a nine-year-old dachshund that I that I rescued. And uh, for those dachshund people that are listening, some of them are swimmers and some of them aren't. And Sparky's a star swimmer. I would always tease him he's going to make the Wiener Dog Olympics, but his career was cut <laughs> short with with this, but he may make an amazing comeback. But that's where it really all started. And uh, he just doesn't swim. He would dive from the edge of the pool directly into the water and uh you know had fun and was filled with joy and everything but I noticed that he would be wincing and sort of you know stepping really light almost like cat paw walking on his feet and uh so I call was calling around and talking to friends and and one of the people had mentioned that the fabulous Dr. O'Sullivan was doing holistic <laughs> medicine <laughs> and and so I called you and um and that's how we we became clients and friends. Is that she came? You came out and and met Sparky and started with um, uh, diagnosed. You know what was going on and and started him on uh, acupuncture and laser and and herbals and and I do remember I was going through old paperwork. Some massage that he really quite enjoyed because he's a bit of a yeah. you know yeah. dandy.
1: <laughs> but well, he always thought
0: uh, Always bounced back every time that um, that you uh, came and visited him and and took care of him and did your your work on him. Right, right. And uh, Sparky Sparky has a little bit of an attitude. Uh, I think that Ooh. we need to fair fair is fair. Um, so yeah. So um, Sparky is how how big how how much does Sparky weigh these days? Thirteen pounds. He's a thirteen pounder, and he is a Dachshund. And as many people know that. Dachshunds are kind of a classic long back, short leg dog, and that that being true, that predisposes them to having spinal cord problems, and that along with what some people believe is there's a genetic piece to it, like we're born with this that aren't maybe aren't so healthy or just ready ready to cause problems. Um, so. It's. Um, I guess that's neither here nor there. It's just that when we bite, um or we uh, adopt or when we get into a relationship with a long-back, short-legged dog, this um, information is important. So when Sparky and I met, doing my physical exam on him, both eastern and western, and working for his, you know, the AASHI uh, points and then feeling his, you know, areas of discomfort um, – he told me in no uncertain terms that that was not going to be acceptable <laughs> he he was one of the well, I think he was like the second dog ever that just whipped around on me like a cobra. I just lay on it, just, and just and he just uh, he was so funny and and he was you know he was uncomfortable laying on this big old pillow and I was doing my thing, and everything was so peaceful and all of a sudden just he just, just came right after me and it was it, i mean it, i'm sure he didn't think it was funny that i started you know laughing or that i didn't really think yeah. it but um he he was one of those patients that you have to really develop a, a relationship with with regard to making sure he knows what we're doing and our intent and that i'm not going to hurt him and that we'll work on his time schedule and make sure that he feels comfortable with the whole situation so he didn't get more tense than um do any kind of weird Fighting ninja move that he tried to do with a bad back, and you know, also he, um, the incredible Mr. Sparky, he he has got back issues, hand in hand with a really great attitude. So um, I do hope that helps him. Re- I do think that helps him recover every single time he does something silly to himself. But um, I wanted to spend a moment going over um, the ins and outs, the mechanics of um, disc disease, intervertebral t- disc disease. Now. As most of us know or think, the spine in a dog or a cat or a horse or a human, it doesn't matter, is made up of pieces of bone called vertebrae in a nice little line, and in between those vertebrae are joints. They're called interval discs, and these discs are these wonderful cushions that allow our spine to bend and turn and do, you know, do the wonderful things we do like tie our shoes, do yoga, put our heads down to get to our water bowls, all those wonderful things, or jump in the pool. So the intervertebral discs, these joints between the vertebrae, these little pieces of bone, are cushions, literally, that are made up of two pieces. One of them is a shell called the annulus fibrosus. Inside of it is a jelly-type interior called the nucleus pulposus. And it's kind of like a jelly donut for for lack of a better description of it. And it keeps our bones, our vertebrae, from hitting each other, from pinching the spinal cord that runs right through the center. Well, it runs above in the spinal cord, It uh, um, lays above the cushion, and it keeps our spinal cord safe and working well and has a very good... Um, Um, ability to bend and turn and be very athletic at the same time, protecting the nerves that keep us standing up and keep us moving and those types of things. Now, this spinal cord also has cartilage caps and ligaments that run along all the sides of it. And unfortunately, these cushions, these intervertebral discs, these joints between our bony vertebrae can move. They can rupture. They can push up on our spinal cord. And the dachshund and some of the other long-back, short-legged dogs and you know, it can happen to any creature, including humans, of course. Um, the two kinds of lesions that we get um, are classified as Hansen's type 1, Hansen's type 2. Hansen's type 1, the jelly center, the nucleus pulposus, can get mineralized. It can get hard. And that it can... When you jump, let's say, like into a pool or we jump up for a Frisbee or jump onto our bed or those types of things, this piece of mineral can go up very suddenly into the ligaments that protect our spinal cord, um, the nerves, and it can compress the cord. And that happens very, very quickly, like blam. And the back end of these guys usually go down. It's quite painful. And that is an emergency, undeniably an emergency if your pet or yourself has a sudden blast of pain and you go down in the rear. Your rear legs no longer work. This is an emergency, bar none. Uh, Hansen's type two is a slow degenerative change over time. So they might seem as though they're dragging a foot. They might seem as though their toenails are getting um, worn down. It might seem as if they're a little weak in the back legs. It might seem as though they walk um, with a little bit of, you know, kind of a drunken, you know, walk in the back, there's a lot of signs that veterinarians will look for and sometimes that's the same disc causing problems, but in a different, slower way. Um, So with Sparky's story, there's no doubt that he may have had both of those types of things because he had these intermittent, slow things going on every once in a while between treatments and such, but then there came a day where there was no denying that he had an emergency. Is that fair to say, Barbara? Yes. Ab- <laughs> I'm sorry. That's absolutely correct, Dr. O. Um, because with your um, we setup, usually you would come once a month, and then we would space more time when he was getting better. And then um, when I called you in July and um told you he went down in the back end that's that's when we went to the next stage. But for those two or three years that that you treated him holistically, he was he came back every time it just it was miraculous. I can remember that one time you said, "You know no, I'll walk him down the hallway and he was just you know straight on down the hallway back not, showing no pain and uh, so you're you're absolutely right on the, it was probably the, um, the Hanson too, the slow, and then in July of this year is when he went down in the back end, and that's um, we went so on we'll, the next step. We'll definitely step. get into that, because that's, that's, the, that's the big one, right, so when we yes. talk about Sparky uh, up until that day when he had his accident, um, can we talk about a little bit about um, Sparky's kind of life, he's, You know, extremely well taken care of, good food, good company, good friends, good mm, exercise, good everything. And then you have quite a bit of experience with Doxens. And I'd like it if you could share with our listening audience um, your history with Doxens, especially with their backs and such. But also, um, we can move into how we, uh, the treatments that we use for Sparky and what your thoughts were about them and what Sparky's thoughts were about them because we did a, quite a few things just like you mentioned with regard to the needles and the lasers and the massage and I think it's important for our listening audience to know that there are so many things available to people even when we have these small, not small backaches but um, when, you're, when your friends are just kind of off, you know, just off a little bit. So would you mind going into that, kind of the life of the amazing Sparky? Oh, sure. Sparky Sparky came from um, uh, Southern California Dachshund Rescue. I, I was looking for another dachshund to adopt, and I wasn't with Rescue yet, and I went and got him. He had been used as a bait dog in sites in Southern California. And when I got the little fellow, he, he, he's maintained a weight between 11 and, and, and 13 pounds for all the years I've had him. He's very slim, mm-hmm. as Dr. O will attest. I don't know whether it's just his metabolism, but he's a slim little fellow. He never really gains any weight, but he's very active. So when I got him, he weighed seven pounds. He was skin and bones mm-hmm. and brought, brought him home and introduced him to the pack. And, you know, he immediately bonded with me. And over those years, I got involved with dogs and rescue and and um had gosh uh, over a hundred dogs come in and out of our house be you know whether wow. they were spending the spending the night or spending months before they went to their foster homes and uh <coughs> so Sparky's a very active dog, he loved to play with the other dogs he loves running he loves swimming um and uh, when I did notice that you know he he was in pain i didn't want to i did 't go to the the my traditional vet, but I had done some research and correct me if i 'm wrong but um, a lot of the drugs that that are the dogs are put on are very hard on their kidneys and livers, and especially in smaller dogs for them to get that out. Now, I, that could have been you know something I I read, but I was very concerned that I did that I wanted to see if there was another option out there that was a little closer to nature for Sparky, and. Um, and thankfully, Doctor O came into our life, and uh, and and we tried. You know, she she gave us all the options and stuff, and and it held them great for, oh, two to th- two to three years. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, um, you're exactly right um, with regard to your know, traditional medicine. Um, it, it's fantastic. You know, I mean, we get a lot done there, and that it's so important, especially with these back dogs. Well, um, with these back dogs that we take the pressure off their spinal cord so there's not long-term ramifications, which is going to be like paralysis. I mean, these, these are things that are life right. changers, life changers. So, um, and that the steroids that we use to get the inflammation out of the spinal cord right now, I mean, like right now, and that the muscle relaxants, the pain medication, they're all very, very important. Um, and that you're exactly right, though, that some of these medications absolutely do have side effects, one side, the consequences for liver and kidney, depending on what regimen you're put on. And that's true of many, 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 many meds. I don't know if you've ever listened to those um, commercials at the end of a pharmaceutical commercial that's got to be a minute oh, long. Yeah. Itself. It's going to all those crazy things that go on with yeah. medications. Um, and even in combination with... Traditional Chinese medicine or holistic view is of course we use everything together to the benefit of our 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 patient. but the Approach of traditional Chinese medicine using the herbals and using the hands-on and those types of things If those will and they always do you know to a degree unless we have accidents like we're going to talk about a little bit later um, It's a very very nice option in my opinion of course. I practice that um, but I think that it's important listening to Barbara that we understand that these things are available to us and our and our four-legged fuzzies and our best friends. So, um, so take it away, Barbara, with regards to the, the modalities that you remember using on him and on um, how he liked them or disliked them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sparky, when you originally started doing the acupuncture on him, and that's a a funny side story, is that I'd been talking to my mom at the time and saying, you know, gosh, Sparky this and that, and that was just Sparky, out of my pack of dogs, Sparky was the love of her life, and she said, Uh you know... And my mother was an elderly woman. She said, you know, I've gone to acupuncture here. Maybe you should try that for Sparky. And we thought it was funny because I hadn't heard about you yet. And that's when, you know, that sparked the, that and, and, and I sought you out. And when you first did the needles, he was a little not too too happy about the idea, but boy. After he had him in for a while, that to be able to see the body just relax. And then he just got yeah. used to it. I think that his trepidation was just that somebody's handling me. I don't know who she is. I'm a little uncomfortable. But I do remember just just vividly how his body, you could just see it. And, and if he could have gone, oh, that's what his body looked like, just the relaxation like, oh, yes. whatever she just did to me, Dr. O., It felt good and my pain's gone. So um, you did his acupuncture and laser and massage and then you put him on a regimen of um, herbal uh, Chinese medicine that he was on. Herbals, herbals. Now, in Sparky's case, we didn't really have to worry about weight loss. Now, um, a lot of times... Um, and do- dachshunds, and I'm, not, I'm not profiling dachshunds, it just sounds like it's just that I worry about these guys, that yeah. when they, they, sometimes dachshunds along with people and other dogs have a tendency to get overweight. And you know, whether that's an exercise thing, a, the owner's overloving them thing, um, but um, they have a tendency to get heavy. And when they have excess weight bearing down on a spinal cord, and putting extra workload on a spinal cord that's very, very long between these tiny little legs relative to the length of their spinal cord and the weight they're carrying, it makes their back more prone to injury because there's more stress just from the weight. And that's true of humans, it's true of everybody, right? The more weight we carry and the more we're positioned um, and doing active things with our spine, if we're heavy or out of shape or both, we have a tendency; we're prone to accidents with our spine, whether that's pinching that nerve that can make sense of a zinger down your leg, your sciatic nerve, or it's just waking up to roll over in the morning and go, ooh, ooh, that doesn't feel too good today, or picking up that book from the ground or whatever it does you do with a grocery bags, and all of a sudden you get that little tweak in your back, and then you end up, you know, sitting up for a couple days or sleeping with, you know, warm pack on your back, those types of things. If we think about humans being overweight, out of shape, hurting our backs, if you think about being on four legs, you're a quadruped all the time, and that, that that weight load is swaying on that spinal cord 24 hours a day. You cannot get away from it if you're a quadruped versus, you know, being a biped, a human. So um, what what is your take, Barbara, on the, uh, let's see, the obesity epidemic in dachshunds and other dogs—it <laughs> sounds like a crisis, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does, but it just doesn't take much on the on these little dogs to to pack on the extra weight, whether it's the lack of exercise or uh, a bad choice of, of dog food or too many treats. And a, a lot of people that I've run into over my years with. Uh, the dachshund community, you're right when you said you know over loving them, but I don't think that I think that People should try to change their mindset from them because it's not love. Because I heard over and over with this journey that Sparky and I have been on, that, oh, thank goodness he's a slim and trim dachshund. This would have been so harder if he, if he was overweight, not only the surgery, but the anesthetic and the recovery time. And so I was very fortunate. It's, it's really nothing I've done with Sparky. Once he got to that weight, he's just maintained it. I, I think it's just that high you know hmm. level of activity but i see so many so many overweight and honestly oh, morbidly yeah. obese dachshunds and it i think it's a real disservice to them because um it's not only the back but you know doctor O, oh, there's there's other things that can can come along with that excessive weight on these little dogs so right right we, need barbara, we we're lucky enough we have we have somebody calling to ask you a question here barbara this, um bonnie from Tusca Valley Valley's calling in with a question. Uh, hello Bonnie. Thank you hello. for I to you? Thank Hi. you for answering. Um well I was <laughs> I <laughs> I was listening to you uh mention how um relaxed Sparky got when you guys did the acupuncture on him. Um and Dr O'Sullivan is that something you would recommend um sort of as a maintenance thing or is it something you mostly do just for um serious issues that have already happened in the, in the back or the spine. Um, well, um, Barbara can address this as well because she was to do with the victim of having a maintenance acupuncture regime that on her as soon I met to be honest with you. So um, absolutely with the acupuncture in the acute states, you know, trying to get their, our patients up and over that painful hump, trying to get them in a more relaxed state, trying to get them to a place where they're more comfortable, and then try to identify them that got us here in the first place. And then mm-hmm. trying to set up a maintenance schedule that is um, close enough together so they don't have another episode. or close enough together where they never get back to where they were when I met them. But we can, and Barbara, you can attest to this, I believe, that the more you do it, the farther apart your achievements can usually be. Because we're not yeah. only working with the needles, we work with exercise, food, um, whether they're um, great. Grass, I don't know, herbals, um, cage rats, those types of things. So, um, Barbara, can you go over your maintenance schedule for Bonnie with regard to um, Sparky and how you felt about that? Because, Bonnie, it's a great question. We absolutely do do that to make sure we never get back to where we started. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you also, Bonnie, for calling in. And when uh, Dr. O and I started together, she was very open and that's another thing I appreciate about her is that she worked with my traditional vet as well. So she got the uh, his uh, x-rays to take a look and then, then she, you know, did her exam. And we started with a pretty aggressive approach to Sparky, so she was coming every two every two weeks and then we went to once a month and then spread and spread it out from there. Um, but something that I would would want to make sure that we get the point across is that when you're working with your vet, you have to work the whole program. Because mm-hmm. I've run into this personally with another uh, dog here in Las Vegas that Dr. O was working with and the fellow said, well, the dog's not getting better. Well, I've come to find out he wasn't crate resting the dog. And that's a very important part of the program. If if Dr. O or your, per, your own vet is telling you this is what needs to be done, you have to follow all of those steps. So um, when... She would limit Sparky to um, his swimming. He couldn't obviously dive into the uh, dive into the pool. Take him out for a little walk. <laughs> make, <clears throat> make sure that he can, you know, he gets his rest in a crate. And uh, so that's a really important thing to remember is when you get your instructions on on how to take care of the person, because otherwise you're just wasting your time and their time, and the dog's not going to get any better if it's not getting the rest that he needs. And you know, Doctor O would come back and, and go, Oh, wow, why is Sparky not any better? Well, he's not in his in his crate. He's, you know, running around the house and jumping up on, on things. So um, yeah. that's yeah. my that's so my following way. in the on whole that. program. Awesome. And so now how often do you go do the acupuncture now? I actually don't. We live in two separate states now, Sparky's, and we'll get into that with with Dr. O. Sparky's journey started with with, with holistic, and he went to uh, surgery in July, and he's oh, wow. and, and then through recovery. So uh, we're gonna Dr. O is gonna cover all, all of that um, through the show. So please stay, you know, listening to it because we've got a lot of information for you. I will. Thank Bonnie, you so much. Bonnie, that was a great question. I appreciate it. And then to answer your question, in a, in a case like Sparky's, if it had just stayed the course and hadn't, he hadn't um, had the, the accident we're about to talk about, um, doing follow-up um, acupuncture sometimes can be once every six months. Sometimes it's seasonal. You know, like if the, the cold sets in or the summer sets in and we have these, these changes of temperature or changes of... Um, you know, whether it's allergies or home situations and such, sometimes we can do every six months, every year, depending on how far along we've gotten with their progress. And to be honest with you, I call them tune-ups. Once we get to the point where you're just seeing patients every, you know, six months, every year, you just reevaluate them, see what's going on today, and then go from there. Because these cases are always just like peeling an onion. You know, once you get to the top... They always show us something new. So, Bonnie, thank you so much for your question. I really, really um, appreciate it. All right, on to the next thing. What do you think, Barbara? Um, should we get into our offset? Into <laughs> To our what, I'm sorry? To our, to our accident, our, our day or day, accident, because yeah. we're chugging along pretty well, right? Yeah. We're, you got him. He's fit. He's playing. He's um, not having any problems with his back necessarily, and he's jumping in the pool and then um tell us what happened that day well um he had he he had been um having some uh, some problems this was in in july and um actually i had called you and you said you know door to door it's 4 hours to, for you and, and the amazing sparky to come and see me and uh, i couldn't make that i couldn't make that trip and i i had a gut feeling sparky was Standing and the only thing I can compare him to, he looked like a cow out in the pasture. He was just staring straight ahead. He did a lot of standing and not moving, and I just had a gut feeling that something was wrong, and so uh-huh. I called called my traditional vet and said, I need to bring him in tomorrow, make an appointment, and you know we'll do a full set of X-rays, see what's going on with him. Really, not sure. Got up that next morning and he took two steps out of his crate and he went down in the back end. Oh Which no. In, yeah. in the Dachshund world I know is just, oh my gosh, you have to get to the vet immediately. So fortunately for me I have Bluetooth, I put Sparky in a crate, in the car, got on the on the freeway to head head to my vet and put in a call to you and um set the set the ball in motion. And for the listeners out there I had the I had the extreme luxury of having two incredible women that talk to each other that are vets, and that's Dr. O'Sullivan and Dr. Roberson. (laughs) And I just beg both of them, uh, because, you know, you need the voice of reason in this situation. I'm a mother of a dog, and I'm crying my eyes out. He's not moving, and I called, and I'm leaving weepy messages for Dr. O, and I'm on my way to see Dr. (laughs) Roberson. And just they talked together and then called me and gave the, the best advice for what we needed to do with Sparky. And I couldn't have done it without them. I just, I couldn't have. So, um, you know, thank you for that, for being part of that, Dr. O, every step of this way. And, um, yeah, the, um, the, 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 well, thank you for that. That's like, now we're, now we get off our admiration train here. Oh, my gosh. That oh. was just, that was that was a little, that was, that, was, that was fantastic, thank you. But there's no choice, right? I mean, you, you, the thing is we're all in a relationship together and, to, and with, you know, with our, with our patients and with our friends. You're our four-legged fuzzies, and, of course, they're part of our family. And then, um, me, you know, calling the traditional in Vegas, and everyone understand that, you know, we all have a history together. And then the conclusion that we all came to based on what was happening with Sparky, and we're going to go over that, is that he has got to get to a surgeon? I mean, he, because based on his signs and how long they've been going on and the fact that he's not improving with the appropriate, the appropriate Western treatment, that he's only going to get worse with time. When you have an accident like this where they acutely go down in the rear and you can't recover them or even have improvement in signs, and we'll talk about those signs, um, time is of the essence. When the spinal cord is being hurt, when the spinal cord is being impinged, when the spinal cord is being bruised, whatever's happening there, things don't get better. They only get worse. So getting to somebody that has the uh, education, the equipment, the knowledge, the backup staff, and the ability to do what needs to get done in an exquisitely timely manner is so important. And in Vegas there... Tom, you guys are so darn fortunate to have it right down the street, to be frank with you. So um, when we talked together, your traditional vet and myself, we just basically determined that Sparky needed to go and get diagnosed uh, using a CT and a myogram um, to do imaging on his spinal cord to see where the injury was, where the compression was, where the disc rupture was. because those things had been diagnosed through its history, but also your traditional vet does a very good uh, traditional exam, a neurological exam, sometimes does x-rays on the spine, and then tries what we talked about before, anti-inflammatory, painkillers, muscle relaxants, absolute rest, um, and then it's kind of a wait and see. But in cases such as Sparkies, you don't wait more than an hour. You need him to start improving, like, right now. Um, So, you know, your traditional vet was fantastic, and we um, luckily were able to work together with that, and we're extremely lucky and fortunate to be able to make one phone call and get you in with the referral center that does neurosurgery, does orthopedic surgeries, does spinal cord surgeries, and has, I think right now they have five, four or five surgeons that have the skill set to go in and do spinal cord surgery, which is no small shakes, correct? I mean, it's, it's a very, yeah. very big deal. And, um, it's very The the, uh, the, <laughs> the guys, right now they're guys, that do these surgeries are, um, they're fantastic. They're wonderful. They're kind. They're dog-loving, client-loving people. They're not, they're wonderful people just to talk to. And um, you correct me if I'm wrong, but my experience with them is that they're extremely forthcoming with diagnosis, prognosis, meaning what might happen down the road, and very honest about whether it's ratios or percentages or their history, but they're quite they're quite forthcoming with what situation oh, we're all in together. Absolutely. So go ahead and if you can elaborate on that, I'd appreciate that. Absolutely. So we, um, uh, the recommendation from from Dr. O and my traditional vet was to get them immediately to the referral center. And um, I don't know whether you, whether you call, called Dr. giles or what, but he ended up staying yep. past, it, past his shift. I have, a sneaky, I have a sneaky suspicion that a little birdie told him to stay or asked him to stay, but he was there when we, we arrived, and um, he strongly suggested that Sparky spend the night in the emergency part of the uh, Las Vegas Veterinary Referral Center. And so we booked in there that he would do surgery the next day. And yes, he was the the emergency vet was Dr. Love, and she talk, she spoke with us. And then Dr. Gils did and said, yeah, this this is definitely what needs to be done. And he did the surgery the next day. And and when he spoke to us, he said, you know, I'm looking before I get in and see his back, open him up, that he'll make. A ninety percent chance of full recovery, and right. yeah. um, hey. I, I, <laughs> and I was I you know I was scared, Doctor O, because Sparky has a hard time when he's under anesthetics for simple things exactly. like a, um the dental the dental cleaning. He would have a really hard time. His his heart rate would go down. His blood pressure he, he got really really cold. So I was very concerned about putting him in for a surgery like this. But um, Dr. Gill said, "Yeah," and I made numerous calls again to you, saying, "You know, like, are you sure?" And you reassured me. And you know, he went into went into surgery. Now, um, uh, part of surgery is they have a fabulous physical therapy department. That yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, is a very very important part of this whole journey that Sparky had um, Sparky and I took, and I would strongly suggest doing physical therapy after this, even yeah. if it's just to to learn how to do this because it's just overwhelming, for. You dog parents that are out there, when you see your dog the first day after surgery, it's different for Dr. O and every other vet that's out there. They've seen this. This is part of their day-to-day life. But I'm speaking to the, the moms and dads that don't have this medical training. It's very frightening to see your dog and you can't see you. you you can't see how they're gonna get better. But I'm here to tell you they do. Those first two weeks are very, very rough. You know, you're like a newborn. They're in their crate. They you have to carry them in and out. But Sparky is a hundred percent. He's you know, we're we're July, we're six months down the road, and Sparky, if, Spar- if Dr. O walked in my house right now, Sparky would just go running out there and probably try to, you know, take her finger off. <laughs> I was going to say, I've I'm, I'm seen that as visual coming to your house, and I'm for sure going to get fit, you know, that's, that's the gratitude you get, isn't it? Oh, my God, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> you, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect anything less. Now, um, the... <laughs> For our listeners, with regard to, to the medical piece now, Barbara, when you say about the, you know, the folks that have the letters behind their name and that do this every single day, um, the the detachment that we use, the medicine that we use, the education experience, the things that we use to advise and consult and to do to do the job, to make these guys give these guys some chance, you know, chance of feeling better and getting back to where they were, that's one part of our personality, but. When, mm-hmm. uh, we we can become insta-client. That's what I call it. I, I go, <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, doctor, doctor, doctor to becoming insta-client when it's one of your own. You know, when it's one of your own warm wow. fun, Um And you can actually talk to the guys at the referral center because I've been in there with all manner of my own fuzzies causing all kinds of crying scenes because you, you become insta-mom. And, I, you know, right. I part of my brain knows and part of my brain is like, how is this ever going to get better? I mean, how is this possible? And it's very scary and very overwhelming, and I I want to go into that with you in a moment. The signs that we see in dogs that have back injuries, would have spinal cord injuries, um, are things like, and I bet you could do this better than I can, Barbara, is that they might drag their toes. They might stop and have their foot flipped onto the top of it. You know, they don't set their foot down correctly. They might mm-hmm. walk in a wobbly fashion. They might stand still and their rear end just slowly goes down, goes down, goes down, like they've got no strength in the rear end. Or right. like what happened to um, Spark here is that instantly, those safe and then their back leg, they're paralyzed. I mean, they're, they're literally paralyzed in the rear legs. And um, maybe you can touch it and it'll be painful, but they cannot use it as they were able to do it moments ago. So all of those things are signs of a, of a fairly you know, large ongoing problem until that moment, like you and Sparky went through, where it happened suddenly and he's down. I mean, down, down. You cannot get up. Um, now explain to me um, how you felt, because this is important for all of our listeners as well. That's a life-changing moment. It, I mean, literally, it's a life-changer for Sparky, a life-changer for you, not only emotionally, spiritually, um, but also with regard to your family, and it's an, it's a financial change. You know, I mean, you have to make some pretty big decisions in many parts of your life right now. You know, within the next 24 hours, you need to make some big decisions. Would you mind going through that a little bit for our um, listeners here? Because it's a, it's a shocker because I know I've I've it thought those about the, best the people. I I've you know I'm I'm on the other side just like you pointed out. So I'd like to hear it from you if you don't mind. It, it 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 absolutely is. It's just it's an emotional roller coaster. Um but I as I as I had said before, I was fortunate to have both you and my traditional vet giving me that advice. Because it is very confusing. You're you're making on the on the fly decisions over somebody that you just love so much I mean I was on I was on the wall when I called you I said I don't think he'll make it through surgery and you said I I think that you had given me the advice that if you don't try you may regret it you know that you didn't give him this this opportunity and I had so many things going going through my head but when you made that one call, once he was in the emergency, when I booked him into the emergency room before, the day before surgery and said, he's in okay. the best place that he can be right now. That's great. That's great. Then, I, you know, then I'm sitting and I'm looking at the numbers, and they are, you're absolutely right. They're big numbers for, um, for an out-of-pocket expense on, on the dog. But I tell you, from the receptionist to the physical therapists, to the vet techs, to right to the surgeons, everybody, every step of the way explains everything to you. They right. they tell you about the you know the care credit program. They they tell you you know they itemize what it, what it's going to be, and uh, so you're not blindsided by any you know large numbers. So they work with you every step of the way, and they're the kindest people and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They are. They are. You know, they give you options. They go, yes, this is a big number, but here, this is this is a this is something you can do. You can you, it, sign up for the care credit, and we can do it through that way. So they're there to work with you when this is the this is the last resort. Right, right, right now. And that the the surgeries, um, the way it usually goes when you get this far along is that. Your, um, your surgeon is going to do some imaging. Usually it's a CT scan with a myelogram, meaning that they put dye up the, the spinal cord, the uh, area around the spinal cord, and they watch it on a CT um, scan, showing where the damage is, where the impingement is, where the problem is. And then they go straight to surgery to correct that. And the surgeries, they can be hemilaminectomy, and, uh, hemilaminectomies, ventral sp- senestrations, dorsal laminectomies. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do to relieve the pressure on the spinal cord and let the nerve function flow. Um, and that, those, that call, that skill set, the ability to actually get in there and manipulate the spinal cord and the vertebrae and, and relieve the pressure and get that signal going down that spinal cord to those back legs again, in my opinion, is nothing a medical miracle. And that the fact that these surgeons have the skill set and I, the nerves of steel, if you ask me, to get in there and do these things knowing that they're going to change, they're going to recover these dogs' lives. Um, I have nothing but the highest regard for these these folks to do this. And their entire support staff, goodness gracious, I, you know, the the people that do the recovery and all the technicians and all of their, all the staff There is so wonderful, but I think that they understand fully the uh, impact of what they're doing and the yes. lives that they're restoring, and um, and the emotional uh, roller coaster. And I always, it, for me, it always feels like a blender. To be honest with you, <laughs> like somebody turned off the blender. I can't think. I can't think. Um, so um, the skill set that these, the the, the skill set, the education, the equipment, the staffing, the emotional, um, spiritual um, bonding that. Incidents like this bring you together. I, I think is is um, I think in and of itself that's a life changer. You know, meeting people that just care, and that they yeah, use every they everything care. Disposal. I'm sorry, can you say that again? I said that you're you're right. They genuinely care. You know, they all oh, they're they're very very sincere. And you take a dog in there that's not walking, and you get <clears throat> a dog back that is. I mean, you look like a little drunken pirate walking. But he was walking, he was using his back legs again, and as a dog owner, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's the best thing, because all you're doing is worrying during that time of surgery, and, uh, you know, and then he comes around the corner in his little sling and, and his scarf, and, and those little legs are just going, and it's, it's a wonderful sight to see. How long did it take you to get him back after his surgery? Because he goes in the emergency room, he goes to surgery the next morning, and then how long till they release him from the hospital? He stayed there for three days. Three days. And then yeah. can you go into a little bit about your experience with um, rehab? Now, rehab is a huge word, and depending on different people's experience, it can mean a lot of different things. So um, why don't you, if you don't mind, I've, of course, done it 100 times. <laughs> Good news, bad news, right? But what, what rehabilitation options um, are available post-op for something as big as this. And um, this kind of staffing and the what, what did you go through there and what did Sparky go through and what options were given to you with regard to the treatment? And this is, of course, in addition to your discharge instructions with your discharge medication and then your at-home care and then rehab. So is that, is that correct? You went home with all those things after your surgery? Yeah, Yes and our our surgeon Dr. Giles went over all of that with us and and you know um encouraged us to to go to rehabilitation and I'm glad that he did because I would tell anybody that that is part of what you need to do this is a team right. that you're, you're you're working with and Physical therapy is part of that team. If you get this surgery done and go home and don't follow the instructions, I don't know how well your dog is going to recover. So, yes, we signed up for physical therapy because I wanted to know what what he needed to help him to make 100% recovery back to what Sparky was before. So um, the, and the physical therapy department's wonderful. They gave me the information on what I needed to do. You know, you're doing exercises three times a day, toe pinches on those two back feet, which <laughs> Sparky, you know, as, as we went week after week, there was more of a turn of that head, and you know what, I, what I'm talking about with that, Dr. O. So you're like, okay, and, you know, mo- moving the leg, stretching the, stretching the leg, and this is what you're doing at home, and then once a week we went to the the physical therapy department there, and it's all part of the referral center, and they put Sparky on, they said, went, put him through his, his uh, floor exercises, I would call them, where they moved his leg, and, and they went up and down his spine, and then he went to the water treadmill, and yeah, that- uh, he... He loved that because it was, it was, you know, getting back in the water. Not diving, but being carried into the into the water, and being on the treadmill. And uh, uh, so we followed that up at home. And they they talked you every step of the way. They say, you know, this is, and they tell you right up front, you're going to have homework. You, this is what you're going to do. Here's your paperwork. We want you to do this. You know, the static standing, the the flexion on the uh, on the legs the toe pinching and then once he was able to go in the water then i would take him in the pool and uh get him moving in the pool i fortunately enough to have a pool so he could you know continue those exercises but i learned all of that from his physical therapist and another person that genuinely cared about him you know sparky went in there growling and miserable and, and two weeks <laughs> into it he's in her lap and you know it's, your your... Kisses. No, it's, it's really important <laughs> and that people know that uh, it's really important that everyone knows that all of these physical therapy steps and especially the underwater treadmill and those types of things are all at The um, dictation, basically, of the surgeon. Everything goes to the surgeon before he's cleared to go in the pool, before he's cleared to get his Mm -hmm. sutures or staples removed, before he's cleared to do range of motion, that based on the serious nature and based on the fact that the surgeon is the one that's responsible for all of this, that none of these things are done willy-nilly. None of these things are done just because I think it would be cool to go in the pool. None of these things are done because oh, I think he's stretching his legs today. All of these things are done under the guidance and uh, mandate of the surgeons and the surgeons only. You know, these are the folks that are in control of this whole situation. You know, Even with what I do, with the needles and with the massage and with the laser, I would never think about doing what I do until I talk to the surgeon about what I'm doing and those types of things because we're all a team. And first do no harm, always, always, always first do no harm. So when you're talking about going in into- talking about going in the treadmill and such, we, I just want to make sure that we're all clear that we are, um, you know, our sutures were out by then, our staples were out by then. Oh, absolutely. Here to go into the water. Now, the underwater treadmill that you were lucky enough to be um, exposed to um, is very, very rare. I mean, there are only a very few um, underwater treadmills available for rehab for dogs, so um, we're, we were, we're in a very special situation that We have access to this wonderful equipment and people that know how to use it properly with proper training yeah. and hygiene and those types of things. So um, um, run us through a day in the treadmill for um, Sparky and you. One of the wonderful things about the the, the treadmill also is that it's clear so you can see completely in where the physical therapist and your dog is and uh-huh. that's what i really liked about it is that you can see his feet actually being able to go down on that treadmill and move and it's just right, such a reassur- right. re- reassuring feeling to be able to sit there and go look at yes there's less resistance in water as we know but you can see wow look at his little paws he's actually putting pressure in, and and week after week you see sit- would see him put more pressure on and so his appointments were an hour every week and we went for six weeks and um he just they would just put his time up a bit more every week as they saw his his improvements um and uh you're absolutely right doctor your surgeon's there every step of the way he actually made it made time one day to come in and see how fabulous Sparky was doing. You know, I, I, I had come in. To- <laughs> that's, that's happened to me a couple of times. It's almost a shock because you're sitting there in a chair and you're you're feeling all warm and fuzzy and gushy about the progress of your baby and, this, and, it, and then you turn around and your surgeon's stand there. You're like, well, it's almost like you get caught, you know, and uh, and they're always so fun and so great. They're like, oh, it looks good, Are they doing their thing, and they're just wonderful. I have to be honest with you, one time, I was um, I was eating lunch and some some cookies from the Subway sandwich down the street while my dog was in rehab and I literally mm-hmm. I turned around and my surgeon was just standing there and I had a, I'm like a mouthful of chocolate chip cookies I'm like he was like how holistic is that and I just I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> well I <laughs> said okay so you, you caught you caught me you caught me and then you know just kind sort of lighten up the, the mood and those types of things so it, in my experience with that rehab facility and that, that whole idea of the rehab community. Um, it's very supportive, very positive, very. very very, forthcoming, very encouraging, not only to your four-legged fuzzy, but for you. I mean, because yes. our, our, our peace, you know, our emotions, our spirituality, our faith, our those types of things are so wound up in our stewardship, in our responsibility of our being the advocates, For our best friends. Now, cut me off and correct me if I'm wrong, but give me a piece of that sense for you, because this um, this is really as much about you and our listening audience and what our four-legged fuzzies bring to our life with not only uh, companionship but also education and opening our eyes and that pushing pushing our boundaries and our limitations and those types of things. So, if you wouldn't mind spending a couple minutes with your your personal. Experience with this whole because this is huge. What you guys went through is huge. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he's he's about 100% these days, isn't he? Oh, Sparky's 100 100%. And anybody that's listening that has a long low dog that it it, that is it may have this now or in the future. You're going to get through this. You're going to get through it with a team of people, but it's going to look really really bad and really bleak, but there's so many people at the, at the referral center that, you know, will, will help you through this and your traditional vets and your holistic vets. And yeah, it was really tough. I spent two weeks of his recovery crying my eyes out, wondering whether, because you're carrying them, you're, you're on, as Dr. O said, your surgeon is telling you what to do. And and you're, you need to listen so that your dog can completely recover. But you're carrying this, your best friend out to go to the bathroom. They're teaching you how to mm-hmm. express his urine. Um, what Sparky had on his side is the tenacity that most little dachshunds have. <laughs> and he, I true. swear this do, if this dog could have talked, he was so embarrassed to have to pee like a girl. He had the worst look on his face when, you know, two weeks out he's squatting. It was just like if he could have talked, he would have gone, oh, no, this hasn't happened to me. And I just kept encouraging him, saying, you'll get back to it. And he pushed through because he wanted to be able to lift his leg again. He wanted to be able to put weight on his left leg and lift his right or vice versa. Um, and here we are we're we're in November, and he had surgery in july and for as bleak as it was in July, it's sunny and all recovered. In 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 November, and he's doing fabulous. He's back to his 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 bouncy, you know, crazy (laughs) crazy self. But it really took, you know, no pun intended. It it took a village to do this. There was very many people: Doctor Doctor O, Doctor Roberson, the whole Doctor Gills. Just the support that that comes and the program that they give you, and you need to work that work that program. You know. Listen to what they're saying. Do the exercises. Is it hard? Absolutely. My back. I wanted to call Doctor O and go come <laughs> and do <it." laughs> You know how that feels. <laughs> I know that feels. Um, in, our, in our couple a couple minutes left here. If you if now we remember we have a, we have a global wonderful listening audience now and that we have an opportunity here for you to um, share with them about if you're going to get into a relationship with a long low Fuzzy, and that we're going to become our best friends and have a lifetime relationship with each other. What, with regard to our dachshund community or our long-love community, getting into it about possibly self-education, about long-term concerns, health, obligations, advocacy, those types of things. What, what would you say to somebody that's considering getting bringing a dachshund into their life, Barbara? Well, I pr- I would first. Want to encourage them to to rescue a dachshund only because there's so many of them worldwide in, in shelters that, that need homes, and uh, but do your research on the internet. Find out about the, these dogs. Find out if they're a good fit for for your family. You know, where do you bring in them into? you bring them into just two people, small kids? Find all of that out as much as you can about the breed, about their health, about their maintenance, do they need to be groomed, things like this. And then res- rescue someone and take the time and, and reach out in the, the veterinary community. And if I could stress one thing, traditional vets are wonderful and will always need them, but also please be open to holistic veterinary medicine it's out there and it's a wonderful wonderful asset to our furry little friends and it can help tremendously and i not just in dogs cats larger larger animals as well i've heard it done on horses so never feel like oh there's nothing else i can do try to be be open to something like that because it's an alternative. It's been around for oh gosh, doctor, how many centuries? And at least four thousand years that we know of. <laughs> yeah, and it works. Sparky and I are here to tell you, and uh, he's he's recovered and. Uh, I would strongly encourage people to to be open to holistic medicine because it's a it's a lifesaver and i made a, we made a wonderful friend with Dr O, so we couldn't have asked for more <laughs> enough 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 now um in our last couple of minutes, um I wanted to point out that that Barbara and Sparky are a picture of holistic attitude, a holistic approach using everyone at our disposal, every medication, every modality, every wonderful thing involved. Um, and then I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It, it, it's just been wonderful. And you've given out such hope. And, um, oh, you're welcome. a wonderful example. Such a wonderful example of how to how to how to step up for our for our friends that can't step up for themselves. No pun intended. And to seek out <laughs> help wherever it's needed. Um, and that you you were wonderful and I wish I wish Sparky could be here and bark and share his attitude a little bit with us today but <laughs> I know. Well, have to take- he's having, having a snooze in his crate but thank you so much for having us on and and uh for for being with us on the on this journey that we had the, the, this summer it was uh it was great to have your support and uh let me know if I can do anything for you in the future in your radio program here <laughs> Well, I, I, I definitely do. And for our listening audience, thank you so much. And I really encourage you guys to get involved. Call in during the uh, next course of the shows, And uh, please seek out additional information with the Docs and Rescues or um, veterinarypartner.com and look up intervertebral disc disease or just disc disease, and it will certainly help to self-educate and help you in the future if you have a long-back, short leg friend. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. They play the music for how long? How so much work?